When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Healing. So I wanted to let everyone know that uh, start the podcast off by saying I finally got COVID this week. This is my first time testing meow, meow, positive. Yeah, <laughs> first time testing positive in two and a half years, and thankfully I had a fairly mild case. Um, but I did have a profound experience happen to me uh, while I had COVID that I wanted to share with the listeners. So the first night was the worst. Um, I went to bed. <laughs> I went to bed very achy, feverish. Yeah. Uh, I was going from freezing cold to boiling hot, drenched in sweat. You, you know, you know how it works. And it was sometime in the middle of that evening that I heard the voice. I heard a voice. Hmm. Uh, I was semi-conscious, uh, delusional from, you know, a sky-high fever, when suddenly, almost like the voice of God, entered my head and gave me a premonition. And the voice said to me, quote, Elliot will teabag a gentleman very soon. And I said, you know, that's that's incredibly crass. But I almost immediately thereafter, I collapsed and I just lost consciousness and not really thinking much of it. But when I woke up in the morning, there was a text that read and I'm actually I'm getting emotional, getting emotional reading it. But the text was from Elliot and it said, Dude, you won't believe it. I just teabagged a guy at a truck stop. Um, <laughs> a truck I said, stop. yeah, I said, you know, that's great. And obviously TMI as always. Um, but what I realized what happened, I Googled it. And I realized that uh, suddenly COVID had turned me into a savant. It had provided me with a prescience, an ability to foresee the future. But the curse was the only window, the only window into the future to which I had access was Elliot's ravenous sexual escapades. Oh my god. Uh, so almost almost even barely even an hour after that first um after I woke up and I got the text, I got another ping from the prescience. Oh. Saying, yeah, saying he's flirting with a man at a gas station. And and I said, "You know what? I don't believe that. Elliot is that's not that's not the kind of person Elliot is. I don't believe in a million years that he would flirt with just some some stranger at a gas station. So I called him. I called Elliot immediately. And he answered and he said, I don't have time to talk now, but I'm following a man into a wooded area behind a gas station. And if you never see me again, his name was Blake. Look, Elliot isn't hinged, is is what I'm really trying to get at here. He's wildly unhinged. And COVID has given me even greater insight into his world. This is you being Garrison Keillor. 
This is you <laughs> starting off a Prairie Home Companion. Legendary, legendary NPR host, Garrison yes. Keeler. Yes, I agree. Yes. yes. Um, so we do have good news uh, for the listeners. Let me pull up our sheet now. <laughs> um, oh, now, now that you've gone through that. Yeah, that was a minute Oh, okay. <laughs> We, we are getting wait, nasty. But also, can I just here. say, in the sheet, it only said none of that. It said Patreon reminder, which none of that was mm-hmm. a Patreon reminder. <laughs> yeah, so the the Patreon reminder is we have a Patreon. <laughs> go go join it. Go give Elliot money there, and uh, you'll hear the whole story of my COVID uh, diagnosis uh, there and how I spent six days in the hospital. I was vomiting blood. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, Elliot is really on edge tonight. Anyway. It was the woods. He's still getting over it. So guys, here's the deal. The Senate passed 61 to 36 this week. Landmark legislation to mandate federal federal recognition of same-sex marriages. Now, here's how it works. The Yay! Bill and yeah. Marriages, and interracial marriages. Yes, yes, and interracial marriages. The bill repeals the Defense of Marriage Act, which denied federal benefits to same-sex couples, and it prohibits states from denying the validity of an out-of-state marriage based on sex, race, or ethnicity. But at Republicans' insistence, the bill would guarantee that religious organizations would not be required to provide goods or services to marriage ceremonies they don't approve of. Agreed. The bill now goes back to the House where it's, it's, it is expected to pass, and then it will be signed by President Biden. Yeah, this I think a, that makes – this is big. This is big. This this is it's very funny that um, Mitch, Mitch McConnell voted, voted, voted against it, even though he is himself in an interracial marriage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I actually, I will say, I, I, I do kind of wish they had made it separate issues. I mean, obviously, oh yeah, everyone knows that interracial marriage isn't controversial at all, and so I wish we had legalized that itself, um, and then right. done it separately with gay marriage. But I, I recognize the strategy involved. I just, I just think interracial know, marriage deserves its own bill, <laughs> um, ensuring that no one in the world can stand between. I think. I think. Races. I mean. I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I do, you know, largely agree. But I also think that, considering that we are three white people, I think it would behoove us to maybe, you know, understand that possibly people of color in interracial marriages might face different types of experiences and have a different viewpoint on that a little bit. Just because I do feel like there is, and the reason some Democrats were talking about this in the passage of the bill, which I thought was really interesting, that. Even today, even though there aren't legal obstacles for interracial marriage as much as there are for for same-sex marriage in the United States, there still are like discriminatory things that are happening within the system for certain marriages that mm. might not just be same-sex. Yeah, the argument I'm making, Alan, is that if we had if we had divorced interracial marriage from gay marriage, I think the interracial marriage bill would have received universal backing yeah, from every representative, and I think that's more powerful than a 6137 yeah by by lumping it up i think that's that's the message i want sent which is this is the one issue all for the of the last two years that every fucking person in dc can agree on interracial marriage should be legal that's what 6136 is not bad not bad at all so let's let's get into the weeds here so every democrat supported the bill except for Raphael warnock who was campaigning but he has supported previous versions of the bill 
And there were 12 Republican supporters, some more surprising than others. Of course, the usual moderates, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and Mitt Romney supported the bill. Thank you very much, guys. But so did a few outspoken conservatives, such as, this was actually the huge curveball to me, Cynthia Lummis, who is an extremely conservative Republican from Wyoming, Joni Ernst from Iowa, and Todd Young from Indiana. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. What did you guys think? Oh, I got to finish the sentence that you wrote. Ron Johnson, the wildly conservative Republican from from Wisconsin who just won re-election, said he would vote for the bill two months ago and then changed his mind for no fucking reason. If you voted for him, go suck a dick, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I love I really fucking hate Ron Johnson. I really hate Ron Johnson. He's from this moderate Midwest state, and he's like the most conservative Republican in Congress and a conspiracy theorist. He's the biggest fucking piece of shit in the senate anyway mm. um so what what do you guys think about the uh like the religious exception and yeah what are your well thoughts? i mean to me it was like it, it sort of i mean it certainly fell felt positive after uh clarence thomas made some sort of veiled yeah you know uh uh veiled attempt to threaten yeah to threaten yeah. uh gay marriage to threaten gay marriage. I mean, I get that it certainly that certainly felt like a a, a positive move in light of Roe versus Wade. Um yeah. so it's certainly, you know, it's obviously like something to celebrate. I'm still just so you know, still I think at this point just so um so so upset about Roe versus Wade still being overturned that it feels like obviously there's still a need to fight and that there's not a there, there's no false equivalency between gay marriage um mm-hmm. and abortion rights but that uh you know i i guess i just wish that 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 row you know well you know fall under the same jurisdiction that's let, all i let wish me, let me th- let me throw this out for a second cuz i di- i did want to say this uh this the, the most exciting part for me about this whole thing was that this is actually how the system is supposed to work. This is quite literally democracy in action. Mm -hmm. I think our generation, understandably, a lot of people, a lot of generations for that matter, have gotten used to the Supreme Court being the final arbiters in our contentious social issue battles. Now that the court has lurched to the right, that is no longer the case. But that doesn't mean that we are powerless to circumvent the court's power right and we we that we did that very simply with this bill my home state of michigan this last election by a vote of 57 to 43 uh uh put the right to an abortion in the state constitution it cannot be removed (laughs) the the issue is settled in the state of michigan from here on out and i i suspect that a lot of other states are going to follow suit in short order and so it's, it's important to be reminded that the court can be conservative, but the court is not the only decider on some of these mm-hmm. issues. Well, but also, too, uh, yes, that's fully correct. It's just we're, with certain issues like sort of marriage when it comes to taxation and other rights that and, uh, and cross state lines, you know, ma- making sure that a marriage is recognized in, from state to state nationally. Similarly, health care should be national. If a person lives in one state, but they have something happen in another state, they should be able to receive that medical care and abortion, I think, should be a part of that. So mm-hmm. while I I understand that there are states that are, of course, women can go to to get abortions, I also feel like having a hodgepodge puzzle piece of, of healthcare access in this country is will be a very detrimental thing detrimental. for the next 
30, 40 years until there can be some change in the court, which there won't be for the next 20, 30 years. So that said, I think this is good. This is, and it's, it's good to have a little bit of good news in a moment of sort of some icky news that's been coming out these past few months. Um, what concerns me is if, let's say, in the next election, Republicans control everything, let's say from the top down, they control everything, this could easily be overturned and that a new law could come to overwrite this and repeal this. So while I'm happy now, and I think this, you're right, this is definitely democracy at its best happening, which is fantastic. I'm also a little like, we're so divided right now and everything is so topsy-turvy. And now one thing, an example of something good of a law passing that then became sort of the gold standard is Obamacare, that Trump Mm -hmm. came in there trying to get rid of Obamacare and people liked it too much that they didn't want to get rid of it. So it, this could be something that people will like very much and not want to get rid of if a Republican comes in and wants to take this off in, in two years or whatever. Um, but I think it's great. And the religious exemption, I think, is also fine. I mean, if you're getting married and, yeah, like, I don't think, why would you want, like, a Catholic baby to come <sighs> to you? Like, I, I, I'm actually okay I know. With that. I know. I, I, know? I, I've hit that point, too, in this right? debate where I'm just like, you know it's what? Ex- I'm exhausted. It's, it's actually, there's another Supreme Court case this week being mm-hmm. argued this week about a website developer who doesn't want to make a website for a gay marriage. Right, and I saw you're that. Just like, you're like, let's just let these fucking dipshits do their thing. Yeah. They fucking And blow. realize they're losing money. And realize, yeah. that, I mean, it is it is shitty that- It's shitty, Someone yes. who just wants to get a website made for their wedding and they see this ad in Craigslist or whatever of this person who does this and then they go and the person's like, oh, I don't do gay weddings. Like that's-, well, that's the, Yeah, it's, sucks. it's about the principle of it all at that point, you know, where it's like, you probably wouldn't like get, wouldn't want to get have their business anyway. I, I would imagine, but um, yeah. but the idea that they have the freedom to basically like reject you based on who you are in a in a moment when you might not even expect it. Yeah, that, that gut That's punch kidding. is what I feel like is is the is the most offensive part of it. But personally, I thought it's so exhausting, and it seems like such a waste of energy that I know it's like I'm talking colloquial about something that's not colloquial, but. It's just I'm exhausted. I don't want to have to hear about these yeah. these, these pieces these of shit. shits anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yay, but. <laughs> Not even joking. We're here with Gideon Glick, former guest of ours, um, actor uh, uh, extraordinaire, and Adam Roberts, a food writer and author of the Amateur Gourmet. Uh, the two of them have uh, co-authored a book together, a cookbook called. Give my Swiss shards to Broadway. Oh, I'm, fun! I'm announcing so like it's a, uh, a, a a puzzle on on Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was very much a Diane Reem introduction you just gave. It was. Me. It was. I appreciate that. Adam and Gideon, hello, welcome. Hey guys. Hi, Thanks hi. Us. Yes, oh, thank you guys. Well, we should say before Gideon, we even get started. Welcome back. It's an honor to be back. Yes, Gideon, you're your second. There's only been, I believe, two other people who have been repeat guests, and you are now the third. Congrats. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. What an honor. It is I hope like you probably should guess. That would be exciting. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'd be very will. insulted at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't <laughs> Here's a suggestion, a suggestion for you, Gideon. When you leave the house on Monday morning, make sure you bring a fresh pen for autographs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I learned that a long time ago. Yeah. Street. Even before the podcast gets posted, truly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. We're going to post until Thursday. Um, but guys, I'm excited about I'm excited about the cookbook. Yes. Uh, thank you. It is Thanks so fun. So yeah, tell, us, yeah, tell us about it. Reading it. 
how did you how did you get the idea to do a cookbook that's Broadway themed? Well, Gideon, you want to tell the story? <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Um, so during the pandemic, um, a little bored, as I, mm. I think some mm. of us were. No. Um, mm. no, actually, you, you did really good. Yeah, job. I did. I do really well. Um, you don't have Wikipedia, is that? You don't have Wikipedia? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, no, but I did have Twitter, um, and uh, I was tweeting about the idea of writing a, a kids' book about a pizza who was a Broadway star named Bernadette Pizza, and. Um, People, it's, you know, it started percolating. People started contributing. It was a yeah. fun day on Twitter, as it sometimes was. Rest in peace, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Rest in peace. And, and Adam, uh, we started corresponding about it, and we started talking about the idea of it. And then we naturally came to the conclusion that maybe we should do a Broadway-themed cookbook. Yeah, it sort of shifted from, you know, at some point we were like, okay, how many Broadway stars can we turn into recipes? So then we were like, what if we did Broadway shows? And then we just started coming up with puns and texting yeah. each other back and forth. So we had like Sunday in the Pork with George and Chicken <laughs> Breast yeah. Side Story. And like we were just like <laughs> cracking each other up. And honestly, like we were just doing it to amuse ourselves at the very beginning. I don't think either of us really thought this was going to be a book. Um, and then I had a literary agent who I did my first cookbook with and I, and she loves Broadway. So on a, a lark, I just, um, emailed her the idea and she's like, I love this. Let's go out and sell it. So that was sort of That's the beginning. So, I have to well, say, well, Adam, and, and I mean, you guys, you guys did know each other before, right? We or did were actually, you no, we'd, we'd met before, um, we met through Twitter, but then yeah. we became friends in real life. Um, we had our first meeting at the. Gideon made a reservation at the Russian Tea Room in New York, Ooh. where I'd never been before. That's fancy, um, right? That's a really was. fancy place. Yeah, it's like an old school, like New York landmark. And yeah, we, it um, probably it probably used to be fancier, but now it has just kind of like wonderfully gauche and opulent. Yeah. Uh, now it's like the Dwayne Reed. It's, it's an Elliot Glazer style restaurant. <laughs> Alan, I'm sorry. Go ahead, I mean, Adam. I have to say, your Instagram. I mean, I followed you for years now, I think, but like your Instagram is so fun. The you are such a good cook and I see friends coming over to your house for dinner and I want to be one of those friends now because everything you cook is so it looks so delicious how do you like chase the Instagram game of like food content because it's like a game out there there's a lot of you well it's funny you say that I mean I think so my my moniker has been for like 15 years the amateur gourmet and I think like what allows me to find my own audience is that I don't, I don't try to make everything perfect. And when I fail, I, I share that to you just as yeah. often mm-hmm. as I share a success. And so I think it just sort of humanizes me. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not aspirational in the way a lot of people who do food are trying to make it, you know, glisten and get beautiful, like yeah. SLR shots of it. It's like, no, it's just, you know, yeah. mine, mine is, is, it feels very personal. Yeah. Um, and I just, it's, and it's also very authentic because I do just love to cook. And so I'm often just cooking all the time and just like making videos and shooting it and getting pictures. So yeah, that's sort yeah. of it. That it is a shame though that your food doesn't glisten. Um, yeah, I know. I should <laughs> I should get like a spray, some some like glue or whatever they yeah. do in those like McDonald's commercials. So here, here's a question I, I I feel very strongly about asking because it's something I've thought about a million times. I've I. I have my mom got me joy of cooking last year, sort of the you know mm. a classic cooking. The Bible, I, if you I'm also the Bible yeah. really of cooking, and I also uh, subscribe to the New York Times cooking page. I've always been curious: how many times do you have to make a recipe before you put it in a cookbook? Hmm. Oh, how many? Interesting. You mean? Yeah, because like you're like how like I'm reading. I guess the point of my question is. 
I'm reading this recipe and I'm like, how many times did they yeah. have to make, you know, chicken piccata before well, it didn't suck and they put the recipe online? I think the know? answer is it depends on how big your advance is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, in this case, like, you know, we weren't exactly like rolling in dough from this book. So, I mean, for, for me, I mean, I would like test the recipe and if it came out well and I liked it, I would send it to Gideon and he would test the recipe. Mm -hmm. And then I was very lucky. I had a bunch of Instagram followers who volunteered to also test the recipes. So, oh, wow. so then we sent it to them. I crowdsourced um, and then and then would circle back. And based on the feedback I got, I would do it again. And yeah, so a couple of times. I mean, there are people who make cook. I mean, Ina Garten, uh, the Barefoot Contessa, really really Everything. tests she's her recipes bitch. but she, yeah she but bitch. <laughs> she's a million she's like a multi multi we hate her yeah you hate her i didn't just buy her book no i didn't no <laughs> <laughs> wait Gideon, um, but like she, she can afford yeah yeah you're a cook too like you're a cook as well no yeah you're no you're not so, a cook, right but I, I didn't i'm actually very much not a cook Elliot, do you remember once where I was like, I made something and it ended up being like a disgusting soup and we were texting about it <laughs> <Yeah>. and, <laughs> and it was not supposed to be, not there, I don't think there was supposed to be any liquid. In it was it. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm really aggressively not a cook and my husband's really the cook and we kind of um, made a joke that I, I was the idiot proofer of <laughs> a lot of our recipes because if I could get through it, truly anybody yeah. could. But it was also funny because you and your husband were also like starting to get into really good shape. And uh, <laughs> as we were testing the recipes, like my, my recipes would be like all like two sticks of butter, like three cups of olive oil. And Gideon's right. husband's also a doctor. So he'd be like, we're going to cut down the butter. We're gonna yeah, cut yeah, 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 and then like right, now, right. like they can post shirtless pics at the beach. And I'm like, you know, right. ashamed to take my shirt off in the shower. So <laughs> Right. <Yeah. laughs> you. You also shower like I do by putting the bar of soap underneath your t-shirt yes, and rubbing you it around. You got it, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Full wetsuit, yeah. Wait, so because uh, it's like Broadway-themed, Gideon, like, you've obviously been in a number of Broadway shows, and I'm always obsessed with, like, because Rosie O'Donnell would often talk about, like, the places she would go eat on, on Broadway, you know, after shows. Joe yeah. Allen's. And how Sardi's. Yeah, it's like a thing. It's a thing. The, the, yeah. the restaurants you go to and the food you eat after a Broadway show, like, where... In, for, if you're Rosie, channel your Rosie, where do you go okay. after a Broadway show? I mean, I like Bar Central because it's it's right above Joe Allen. It doesn't have a, a marquee. That's not the right but <laughs> name, but sure, marquee. Um, we're in the Broadway world. Um, and it's 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 fun. It's kind of, it's, I guess you could call it glamorous. It's as glamorous <laughs> as Broadway can be. But you can run into Nathan Lane there, which is, <laughs> I guess, a perk. Okay. And um, the drinks are fun. They come in these, like, strange little canisters that you can pour in. Um, but it's, like, this weird, like, dry ice that keeps them cold. It's oh, fun. Yeah, it, that's, that's, fun. That's fun. That's the uh, that's the joint I yeah. like to go to. BB Newirth has her own bathroom in the back. <laughs> yeah. I really want to know what BB Newirth thinks of like what Chicago has become because now they have like all these like crazy celebrities being in it. Yes. And I want I really want to know what BB Newirth thinks of Guys, that. you could easily get BB Newirth to come on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, work it out. <laughs> I, and I literally I'm sure I told this story the last time Gideon was on the podcast but I the one Broadway show I saw when I lived in New York the one my one Broadway musical I saw was Adam's Family the musical <laughs> and and wow. I, it was honestly it was a ton of fun I had a great time 
But I will never forget. I sat in the second row and <laughs> BB Newerth, who, uh, however she, however old she was at the time, came out and I could not believe how incredible she looked. Oh, yeah. body is amazing. Probably She's 60 great. Yeah, at I've, the time. Her body was unbelievable. I sat across from her on the subway once and was like, I've never seen anybody with such good posture. The way she yeah, sat in a sure. seat was just like, <laughs> she was ready to do a, she also just seems cool. Dance. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? I think of a dance. Um it's like someone you could shit talk with. I mm. don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah. Really? Uh, no. I think she seems probably stodgy and yeah, that would be my and I'd prefer that, but I don't think you could oh. like hang with BB. Um, <laughs> that shatters my dream. I think Sorry. I'm still gonna believe in it. I'm gonna I'm gonna shit talk with her. I'm gonna get an interview and we're gonna shit talk. Um, I mean, I'm sure she'd shit talk, but the yeah, yeah, question yeah. is if she's chill or not. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, that is chill. That is the. Uh, What's a recipe from the book that you guys? I was just gonna ask. Were like uh, most? Oh, damn it! Oh well, you can go ahead and ask it. <laughs> yeah, what's your, what's Wait, why don't you ask it at the same time? Yeah. yeah. What's your, What's your favorite recipe from the book, guys? Tell us about it. Um, I think we have the same one. Oh, Should do we, we? Say it at the same time? No, I don't think we do have the same one. I know what okay, you're gonna right. say, but it's not my favorite. Okay, oh. why don't you start? Oh, okay. Um, well, the first one we came up with the Sunday in the Pork with George recipe. Um, you know, I love that musical. Yeah, yeah. But it's about it's about the like pointillist painter George Seurat. So like, I wanted to like make the pork like somehow pointillistic. So I uh, came up with like these meatballs, like pork meatballs. But like, I mm. shredded up like um, peppers and like on red onions and er herbs to kind of get flecks of like color and light, like sort of mm. in the musical. So like, that was like the first one where I was like, oh, I'm gonna like integrate like the concept of the musical into the actual recipe. Um, and then that, so that sort of set, set the course for it. But Gideon, what's your favorite? My favorite is chicken breast side story. Yeah. Because I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like it's really, a, because, but first of all, it's such a silly thing to say. And so <laughs> I enjoy that part. Um, I like that it is sort of evocative of the musical because it's kind of like this, uh, you, you have the chicken breast, this sort of signature, um, American non-territory, um, uh, uh, dish, and then we have this Puerto Rican flair, which is the mm. saison seasoning and the rice and the fried plantains. Um, and we it it's supposed to be like a culture clash, like the oh. musical itself. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also just delicious. Um, that's great. Oh, that's as you were favorite. as you were coming up, uh, you lost me at plantains, but go ahead. <laughs> plantains are delicious. I love plantains. Yeah, they're so really good. good. I'm with Brent. Oh. Really. Are oh, you guys you like guys um, sweet potatoes? Like, are you not yes. like? I, I, actually, I actually do like sweet potatoes. Yes. Huh. Well, so, what is it about the plantain that it's mushy? They're, they're mushy. They're wet. They're Too banana. Banana. Oh yeah, that's like a yeah. date for you. <laughs> maybe maybe you had an maybe you had an overripe plantain. You could maybe you just want to starch your plantain because they get yeah. the more they sit, the sweeter they get. They're that's they're so fine when they're they're crispy and they've been you know baked, but yeah, otherwise fried, a mushy plantain fried. is. Fried? No, even fried. I'm not interested. But like a fried you know? plantain? No. Oh my god, so good. Yeah. Wait, um, how often yeah. were you guys listening to Barbara Streisand's Broadway album as you were making up the recipes? That's really important. <laughs> Pretty often, yeah. Really? Very. I've, now I'm listening to her new album that just or the reissue. The new old, her, yeah. yeah, the new old album, Bonsoir. What is it called? Live, Live at the Bonsoir. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the from the her the sixties. Yeah, the it's really so good. good. Yeah, it's yeah, so it's funny because really like good. my mom, like I have a Jewish mother who like would play so much Barbara Streisand in the car when I was growing up. And I, I had to pretend to like hate it, but I was secretly loving it. And now loving it's like, it. I'm like, 
entering my Barbara Streisand phase of my life where I can fully I'll be honest with, her. Yeah, I'll be honest. Alan already knows this. Brent, I think, is indifferent either way. <laughs> I do not. I have. I do not understand. You're crazy. The appeal. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I, I don't get it. It's never been like exciting You're to me. Crazy. I don't, dis, I don't dislike Barbara this at all. I just. I just crush. don't understand what is. I don't understand well, what about... what's special about her. Okay. 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 First of all, like we're talking, I'm talking about early Barbara. I'm talking yeah. about 60s, 70s. Not the Walls. Like, we're not talking Vince Gill yeah. duet Barbara. Strike. We're not talking about like we're not talking about like Yentl on Barbara. I oh, would well, say. don't but when, It's not a great movie. It, oh, it really God. isn't. I it's just rewatched movie. it, no, and it, it really does. And the Mandy Patinkin naked scene. I mean, it's iconic. I mean, he's so hot in it, but yes. it doesn't make her cooler. It's Patinkin, um, <laughs> right? She's anyway. so she was so idiosyncratic when she hit the scene. Like there really was nothing like her. And also that instrument, you you have to admit the instrument, Elliot. Yes, yes, is extraordinary. Yes, yes. yes. And so she, she is, and also her interpretations at that point were just like unlike anybody else. Yeah. And I would say her her style is just like, and at that point Jewish. was so exquisite. Jewish at a time yeah. when so much of it was was meant to sort of not be Jewish. You had so many yeah. Jewish Americans who were just trying to be regular Americans and sort of give up their Jewishness to try to assimilate with so many the rest of America. And here was Barbara, who was intentionally forwardly being Jewish. Mm -hmm. Yes, I understand. She's always it's always she's always felt like a mascot in an excellent way. Yeah. I just have never I've never like. I've never wanted to like listen to an album. That, that's that's all I'm saying. Funny Girl. Have you ever seen the movie Funny Girl? I don't want to sit through. It's this. So <laughs> actually, actually, Elliot, have you ever seen What's Up, Doc? Mm, so good. Mm -mm. good. Because first of all, it's an ex. Because Funny Girl's not an excellent film, but it. What's Up, Doc? It, What's Up, Doc? Is an excellent, excellent film. It's Peter Bogdanovich, and she yeah. is super sexy and like legit funny and a really good actress in it yeah she wears oh. the, like like negligee thing with like hands over her boobs and stuff and it's just like or is well, that the owl oh. the that's the owl and the pussycat I, I might be confusing the two films i think you i'll are, say yeah. this i'll say this i have not seen what's up doc but i have seen fiddler on the roof <laughs> okay <laughs> must scramble for a living <laughs> Theater, wife and children say his yeah. daily prayers. This is how Brent relates to Elliot and I. As that is the only thing he has. I, I, okay, got it. Oh, Wait, do you guys really do you guys ever talk about theater? Like, because I, I I feel like when I've been on, it's been a lot. Yeah. It's been pretty theater focused. But of do you guys the talk about theater? Us, of the when three I'm of not? us, I'm the theater nerd. I'm the Broadway nerd. I'm the okay. one who like, geeks out on the musicals and everything. I, I these two. I keep. I like to keep up with stuff that's like. That either you're in truly, like literally, I'm like, I'll see it if Gideon's in it, or I'll see it if it's oh, like so Titanic, or. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I'm like, I, I, I don't. We don't really talk about it too much, unless it's like for me, something like Oklahoma, like the new version of Oklahoma, was like fascinating. Yeah. Titanic was fascinating, but otherwise, like I don't care about um, the whole the funny girl controversial like i couldn't care less brent doesn't has no idea what that is um and we and so we leave it to alan truly but but i will see anything gideon proof and anything gideon proof i will see well thank you elliot <laughs> have you done have you done a show with with mandy patankin by the way have you worked with him oh i wish <laughs> he is so kooky have you did you ever listen to the mark Marin podcast the yes. interview yes yes yes, yes it, it is. is yeah 
Which is really weird. Fascinating. Yeah, he's a he's a he's he and his wife are kind of like they have that Instagram. They're very funny on Instagram together. But like, I would imagine brunch with them on a Sunday would probably <laughs> oh probably want to leave pretty quickly. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, so probably intense. done after an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So okay. Sorry. Just to go back to the book, um, uh, the musical inspired. The, all the recipes are based on uh, musicals. Um, there are dishes called uh, Yoklahoma, uh, Yam Yankees, Dear Melon Hansen, Cluff Cluff Cluff. and the Beast. Oh, Cluffudi and the Beast. What is yeah. Cluffudi? It's like Take a it away, Adam. Yeah, it's like a um. Oh, okay. It's like a French pancakey kind of desserty, a custardy pancakey that has like fruit in it. Oh uh, my god! We put a little so, rose water in it because of the rose in Beauty and the Beast to give it a little. Oh, that's cute. You know, so my yeah. question is, did you guys literally like spend all this time on puns? Like, was it a lot of just yeah. pun, pun, punage, pun hours? No, yeah. because then like then we worked on the head notes and Gideon did um a lot of trivia from the musicals. So like we, we try oh. to make the book like full of information too. So if you're yeah. like a casual musical theater fan and you bought this book, you would also get some, you know, value beyond just the recipes. So. But I will say we like in the beginning, it, oh, was, right. it was pun city. So it was right. like, we had like a hundred puns that we called down to 75 and then to 50. <sighs> and we wanted to make sure that like, the puns were super duper strong. Sure. Yeah. Really are, there, strong. are there any rejects that, that linger on your puns. brain that you just uh. wish could have made it into the book? Well, there was one musical that we couldn't come up with a pun for, and Gideon really wanted to get it into the book, and we couldn't, which was In the Heights. Oh. Uh, yes. oh. And we tried to do like Gin the Heights. And we chicken, tried to... sk- chicken Skin the Heights. Thin <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, the Heights. Shark the Heights. Shark Fin? Yum. In the Yum. Bites. I think we did In the Bites. In but the, that, the Bites. Yeah. Like, who's the closest we got? Dear Melon Hansen. That is a perfect. Yeah, what is saying. that dish? It's, What's that dish? From that is, um, it's like prosciutto and melon, um, like waving through like a prosciutto. What is that? Was that what the pun? We have like double puns in the book. Wait, so what, like, ki- what kind of melon does you eat prosciutto with? We usually cantaloupe, um, but it can be honeydew. It's like whatever, <laughs> whatever melon. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> you literally blanched. I'm the only, I'm the only, I think I'm the only Jewish person who like blanches at cantaloupe. Oh, I, I, really? Oh, you don't like, one, like it? It's the Didn't one your grandmother I, cut it up and like have it in her refrigerator. Yes, and you, every every uh, uh, pre every meal was. Uh, started with a half a cantaloupe on our plates, and yeah, and it's just cheap. to me, it is the least, the least, um, <laughs> the least yummy melon. It's just Ooh. like, harsh. do you like, do you like honeydew? I do like honeydew. Mm. Huh. I love honeydew, but honey, Harry, I, think, I think cantaloupe can be really bad if it's like sitting in a refrigerator for a long time. It's like if you get yeah. like a fresh one that's like from the farmer's market or something, like really sweet. Um, yeah, yeah, I do like good. the color. <laughs> I, do to, I do have to admit, though, that like, dear Evan Hansen, I interviewed Ben Platt. You know the musical, Jeremy. I interviewed Ben Platt mm-hmm. for it for the movie version, and it was probably. And I'll just admit this now, even though I'll probably never be able to interview him again. It was so bad, and I had so much trouble. Oh. <laughs> I had so much trouble like doing the interview because he was so sweet, but I also, in the back of my head, was being like, "This movie's kind of crazy." Well, the internet, the internet dunked pretty hard in the movie, yeah. so I don't think you're so alone I felt in that. So bad for him. Wait, did you guys like the movie at all? No, I mean, no. I thought I thought it was um, partially the director's fault for how yes. they aged him down. I mean, the CGI or whatever they did to his face was so 
uncanny like what's that, like uncanny valley uncanny like, valley where, yeah yeah it was just performance like, would have been great it's just it, i was yeah. so thrown just by the appearance half the time because I, I saw it on broadway and i thought he was amazing oh yeah he was amazing incredible yeah, incredible. yeah. 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 Um, and uh and and gideon's pr agent is is silently threatening <laughs> to slit our throats <laughs> right now, so, so i don't think I, we can weigh in on that i think ben is extraordinary talent and i'm he a big, big yeah. fan of him interpersonally as well yeah, yeah, he is. They I'm just should have huge they, fan of Ben. They should have just made the movie with Jen Kalella and called it a day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I felt bad. Um, Adam and Gideon, thank you guys so much for being you guys here. Are so great. Give this my was fun. give my Swiss shards to Broadway is available now. It's a perfect holiday gift. It is it's a great a holiday stocking gift. stuffer, as the, the Goyim will say. Uh, <laughs> and where can everybody find you online if they're looking to follow you? If they already do, if they already do not. Uh, well, I'm at Amateur Gourmet on various platforms um, on Instagram. I'm still on Twitter, but probably not for much fans. longer. All right, and yeah. OnlyFans and uh, TikTok. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey. um, I'm, I'm at I'm at Gid Glick, and now now I'm only on Instagram. I've I've left oh, Twitter behind. Wow. It was time. Great. It should, it should also be noted that uh, I'm going to guess Brent put in the notes that this book received 4.9 stars correct. in all in an average on Amazon. So clearly, uh, very, very popular it's a hit. book. Yeah. yeah. A hit of a book. So I loved so much, it. Guys. I loved it. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Thanks, Thanks so guys. much. Thanks for having us. And another thing. Hey, guys, are you crafty? How crafty <laughs> are you? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Let's talk about crafts. Subscribe to my uh, channel. Do you, Alan, Alan, are you, you want to start? No, you guys go because I feel like mine's going to be a close. as long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm crafty. I think when I put my mind to something, I'm creatively crafty. So, you know, I made a board game for a friend for her birthday. Uh, we've That's talked very about. crafty. That's very crafty. I make family trivia every year for Christmas for my family. Uh, so I'm creatively crafty, but I, I can't like, draw shit if that's what you mean or like yeah. you know, put googly eyes on something and make you, it look you can real. put googly eyes on something and make it look <laughs> real it really wouldn't require crafty, that much Elliot? work <laughs> <laughs> um am i crafty when i sit when i choose to be i can be um mm -hmm. I, I i am a i'm an artist but like i can but i'm an artist in insofar <clears throat> as i can draw faces and yes. bodies like that's on my face I can, I can like, that's sort of where I thrive and always have. And like my doodles are, you know, people I'm, I'm not, oh my God, I sound like an idiot. I don't mean to say it. Like I'm a fancy artist. I'm just saying that like, can draw. I, I can draw yeah. and people respond well to that, but I'm also a lunatic and can't keep art that I make um, because I'm a perfectionist. And so everything I draw, I throw away. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, wow. being crafty would be a very difficult thing for me to do. I, I actually still have on my phone several draw very self-deprecating drawings yeah, you've yeah. drawn of yourself, Elliot, because they are so funny to me. Yeah, I remember. The, I mean, they're from over years ago. the top. You literally make yourself look like this, <laughs> this beast. They're so over the top. Yeah, and I, I, I probably look at them like once a month. Still, they're they're so hilarious to me. Yeah, I have some. I mean, if I wanted to, I could really like. I could definitely do like some version of comics, you know. Yeah. Um, but I've just never felt the need, the desire to like really push in that direction. But yeah. I, I'm also I am a visual perfectionist about these things, and so like, you know, even at, at at work when I'm on a show, people like marvel at my handwriting because I'll write on a yeah. you know write on a board, and and as I've said this year to the to the 
room that I'm in right now, having good handwriting is also a version of it is its own prison in a way. And so um, I can only go so far with crap. That's the title of your memoir. Yeah, handwriting. handwriting is a prison. Yes, it, is, it is a very self-serious. Or no, you should turn that into a song for the next show or something. <laughs> yeah. Find an original song about that, please. That, that is an adorably self-serious interpretation of a very casual yes. compliment <laughs> that you'll get from someone. Oh, nice handwriting. You know what? It's a prison. <laughs> it's not. Like, it's excuse not, me? Yeah, oh. no, I know. It, it, is, it is, though, because it's like <laughs> even the notes that I take, you know, I need them to be perfect or I'll throw them out. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. It's bad. Wow. That's Alan, OCD. Alan. That's OCD. You've yeah, got a thing. It is. You've got a thing to tell us about, right? I So I'm not really a crafty person and I'm not like a oddly visual person, even though that sounds weird, I think, because of like drag and other stuff. But like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm more of a talking person. <laughs> I don't really do. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been a good crafty person, but there is a crafty thing that I have recently become aware of that I am now obsessed with. So Michael was telling me, so he and his sister are obsessed with like K-pop and Brent went to a, yeah. a K-pop performance with them. Vespa. And yeah. To, with Vespa. And this <laughs> situation is sort of similar to what you had. So like at these K-pop shows, they'll like taped shows or award shows or like what you guys went to on Jimmy Kimmel. The K-pop fans are so ferocious that of course they don't allow photographs or, or videotaping or anything at the shows because they want to wait for them to be aired on TV and stuff. So the K-pop fans will then take the time after they perform on this show that will be aired later that night to then draw pictures of oh. what they wore on the show to put them on the internet. I'm texting oh, you guys no. these pictures right now because um, Michael sent me a few that I have become oh. obsessed with. And it is the most oddly crafty thing I that's think. Act, that's seen. actually very intense. Wait, look, <laughs> to me. look at these pictures. Look at these pictures. I've just sent them to you. This is crafty. This is how people are crafty. These are the pictures. They're describing what these women wear, how their hair is done. The type they're giving clothing oh examples, but they're 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 drawing over pictures of existing pictures of them with the color yeah, of clothing. Like bad Photoshop just to kind of give a yes. very basic idea of what their skirt looks yes. like. Yes, this that's very odd. This is I want artwork like this. I want like a cape so, spread on this stuff. So uh, Alan's partner and sister and I went to Jimmy Kimmel earlier in the year to see a K-pop band perform. <laughs> and this was a really fun day for me because I don't give a fuck about K-pop, but I thought it would be fun. And thankfully we have a, a very good friend who works for the show. So we got, we got great tickets and it was so fun to watch people respond to this band. Of course, you know, this band gets up and you're like, I don't know. And you know, these girls yeah. mean nothing to me. They're these tiny, tiny Korean women um, and I mean, I, it was, it was a, a performance space where you're actually standing. You're not in a seat. Yeah. That's where they shot uh, their set. And I was next to a guy, like a tall, I would guess straight 30 year old redhead wow. who started screaming so hard. I thought he was going to pass out. Oh my God. <laughs> and at the end of their first song, they did the same song twice. First of all, these girls looked terrified of the crowd. <laughs> they literally like. They got on stage. They hadn't performed many times live, but like looking at their fans screaming at them, they were like horrified. Yeah. Oh my uh, God. And but they're wild. The their songs. 
he screamed, I am obsessed. (laughs) The setup, the setup to you even going is that like when we, when we, the tickets were arranged it, you know, of course they were like, do I want to go? And I'm like, I don't do live music. I don't do, I don't do concerts. That's just not my thing. And, and, and Brent was eager to go because you like those things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I love going. I mean, it's it's fun. It's like a good reminder that you live in L.A. for a reason. You get yeah. you can you have a friend that works for Kimmel and you go to live tapings whenever you want. And where did we it's go afterwards? Fun. We went to Arby's. That's right. Oh, the that beef. was that was the best part. That, that was, was the best part. That was pretty great. And sorry, Elliot, did you well, this? Well, we talked about this on the Patreon. So if you if you want to hear that conversation, you can go subscribe to our Patreon. But did you feel any FOMO not being included in that Arby's trip that we did after the Aspa concert? Mm mm. I don't remember it. (laughs) What would your aunt say? What would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? I'm not into K-pop. I'm only into alt-right techno. (laughs) Um, My aunt Joanne would say... uh, Bring in the noise, bring in the chunky chicken stew, filet miserables. The hits keep coming. How about, how about Anne Anne? My Aunt Anne would also have a Broadway-inspired recipe pun. She would say, what about Annie, get your guacamole? No, there you go. <laughs> that doesn't rhyme. Who cares? <laughs> That's Who true. Cares? Do puns Anne- have to rhyme? Yeah, do they? No, but I guess it would be like, Annie, get your chun any get your get your clam chunder guacamole just sounds better because it sounds like she's all shaken and you get your you know and you get your guacamole gun yeah i gotta think about (laughs) this it's hard it's not easy i think i I think my original was perfect listeners sound off in the comments (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for listening i am elliot wexler glazer I am bye bye <laughs> COVID <laughs> COVID. How dare you? I vomited blood. Ooh, yeah.